No, we did not go anywhere. Yes, we are still here. Yes, we are still going to talk baseball on Unlike Any Other, the UMAC this season. Apologies off the top for the lawn layoff. We may or may not get into all of the reasons why it's been so long since we have hopped back on the mic, but baseball is in the air, even though as I look outside right now, there are still remnants of snow. There is more clipping penalties on the way, and it feels like the lingering winter will never end. Is it truly spring like the calendar says? I don't know. That's a lawn rambling open Ryan, alongside Wyatt, as always, Wyatt, it has been a minute, as they like to say. How are you doing? I, it's been like three plus weeks since we last talked, so so good to be back. It is, and I hear you say remnants of snow where you are. I'm looking outside. That's all we got up here right now, Ryan. I mean, spring just does not exist, apparently, uh, up here. We had... It was 18 below this morning. Like, what? I don't know if the kids up here for high school are ever going to play. It's it's ridiculous what's going on up here in this part of the state. But hopefully the weather turns here at some point and we're able to get games in. And that includes UMAC baseball, which, believe it or not, has already started. We're a little bit behind the ball here, Ryan, because we've had some conference games get played. Like you said, we'll go into a little bit of why we ended up taking some extended time off unfortunately that's on my end because I was calling state basketball this past week when we planned on getting back on and uh, it just didn't work out with the traveling and all the games that I had to do so I know our schedules didn't align and that's probably the biggest reason because we 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 told everybody we'd take a week or two off and then gather our thoughts and get ready it ended up being three weeks but we're back we're ready to lock and load and I guess we'll just pick up where we left off here and try and get our thoughts together here for what's going to be this UMAC baseball season. We'll see how it goes. And I'm going to say right off the top, Wyatt, it's kind of difficult for me personally, and I guess I shouldn't speak out of turn and speak on behalf of you as well, but I haven't even got to, at this point, I've normally at least seen a little bit of UMAC baseball, specifically Northwestern baseball in person. I haven't even been able to do that just with all the postponements, cancellations, scheduling shenanigans. So it is tough for me, honestly, to flip the switch and say, all right, it's baseball season. We're rearing to go. Because everywhere you look and every forecast that I see for (laughs) the rest of this week and for that matter, even some stuff that could happen next weekend, not that I'm getting ahead of myself, all points to, yeah, we're not really, really starting yet. I mean, we're still waiting for spring to finally kick into gear. I mean, White, you look at the schedule. if, If we finish how we're supposed to, we are literally just over a month, basically a month left of the season to get us set up for the conference tournament, you know, five, five and a half, six weeks, whatever it is. And we haven't even really started yet. So we always talk about, from a higher level at least, if we're talking about baseball, you know, especially at the pro level, but then the other layers as well, oh, it's a marathon. Don't get too caught up in the little things. It's a long run. Enjoy the ride. We'll get to the big games later on. That term, Wyatt, we can throw out the window. So at least maybe that's a positive. I mean, I know you're a track fan and you follow track and field a lot. It is a pure sprint, (laughs) Wyatt. I mean, it's maybe not in a 100-meter dash, but we are in like the 200-meter sprint. I mean, we don't have a lot of time to get going on the runway the you know gunfire has already sounded and we got to get kicking into high gear because before you know it that finish line is right around the corner and this is no marathon so i'm trying to look at it glass half full is that a good way to say you know what we don't have to wait through this long grueling season again i mean i know umac play normally goes by pretty quickly anyway but especially this year i mean this this is going to be a, a mega sprint and april is going to be absurd to label it that way I appreciate the track reference because that's one of the few spring sports that can actually be done up here with the weather that we have right now because they can do it inside. So that's actually starting up. We're covering that. And uh, yeah, I I would agree with you. I would say that's a very good way to put it. And it's whether you think it's good or bad, it's the reality of the situation. There's going to be a lot of games in a short amount of time. And you just you only have so much time in Minnesota for spring sports. And, you know, a lot of the other sports are going to go through the same exact thing this spring. So get ready or not. Here we go. Spring baseball. And like I said, a couple games already uh, underway and they've been able to play them. And the schedule is going to be never changing, I'm sure. But uh, one way or another, 
uh, they'll get the games in. That's one thing I've learned from over the years. They do happen, and uh, I'm excited to see how this thing shapes up this year. It's a very interesting year for UMAC baseball. Yeah, one way or another, we got to fill those TV slots. I mean, you know, these big deals <laughs> that have been made Wyatt, yeah. to get UMAC baseball on your screens, I mean, they got to be executed at some point. So we may have... ESPN Plus, is there something in the works I don't know about, or what's what's going on? <laughs> never say never. I mean, there's a lot of streams out there. But, you know, people need to get their baseball fix in some capacity. Now is it going to be the way that we've seen it in the past and what we're used to in the typical days and time slots? Probably not. I mean, we're going to get to that a little bit later on in this episode, but we're already seeing changes to that. And I want to say off the top, Wyatt, tonight we are going to go through some standings projections, and then we're going to pick the games. Maybe more now than ever, and I'm not trying to make excuses, but I'm just being brutally honest. There is so many things up in the air as we're going to be doing this exercise tonight, but with where we are at, in the final days of March, as we're you know recording this on Wednesday evening, the 29th, if we want to timestamp this, stuff is going to be wrong. Stuff is going to change. We don't know all the information, but we kind of have to do this right now. If we're going to make our standings picks, it literally has to happen right now because UMAC play has already started for some teams, and for the rest of them, hopefully, fingers crossed, it is going to officially get underway this coming weekend. So, folks, take it with a grain of salt. We're gathering more information as we can. With that being said... If you have information about your squad, if you're a player or coach listening, administration, fan of a certain club, just a D3 baseball nut, and you got nuggets you'd like to share, we would absolutely love to hear them, all right? Inbox is open, UAO, the UMAC at gmail.com. We are on Twitter as well. We will be getting back on that and getting active on that once more at UAO, the UMAC. You can just search unlike any other, the UMAC. DMs are always open. You can slide into those. Inbox is open as well. Give us the nuggets. We love the nuggets. We need the nuggets moving forward to make this the best product as it possibly can be. So with that, Wyatt, if you don't have anything else, I think we can jump in and somehow, some way, we will throw some darts at the wall. We will see what sticks, and we will rank 1 through 8 our standings projections this year in the UMAC. Hey, if you want to make excuses for yourself ahead of time, feel free. But speak for yourself. I'm coming into this thinking full-heartedly here that I'm going to be able to nail this. So I guess we have a different school of thought. You may do so. I'm not even going to make a joke. You may just, <laughs> you know, wipe the slate with me. And I said this in the past. This is more your element. I mean, I'm I'm in a spot where I kind of feel like well, I'm a disadvantage okay. versus basketball, and which is okay. Not, it's okay. Not anymore, though. There's, there's names that I played against still in this conference. Don't get me wrong, Ryan. But the more and more I get removed, the less that's true. So... I don't know. I I mean, I feel like this, like I said, is a pivotal year for the UMAC. A lot is changing in the landscape, and there's not as many familiar faces as we're used to seeing in the past couple of years, especially with the COVID era, too, and guys sticking around a little bit longer. Now, there's still a few of them that have stuck around here this year as well, but overall, it's it's kind of a different era of UMAC uh, baseball this year, I would say. Rumor is, though, I mean, at least from what I've been hearing, Wyatt, the cupboard is far from bare. I mean, when some guys leave, more are coming in. So I think the future is bright for this league, if if I do say so myself. All right. You said it. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Let's get this thing rolling. You want to go or do you want me to start? We pick them one at a time. How do you want to do it? You can go ahead and start. The question is, do we go 8 to 1 or 1 to 8? You know my preference. I'm always one to build the drama. So what, what would yeah, you prefer? Yeah, I mean, it's not even a question. we got to go 8 to 1. Okay. I mean, don't worry. I'm right there with you. We're on the same page with that. So Tell me who my... will be in the basement at the end of the year. Right? Who will have <laughs> yeah, a and I mean, full season? <laughs> well, and, and again, prove us wrong if you can. But, I mean, that's, that's kind of the reality of the situation. To me... There's like two tiers, and there's three teams that were kind of in the bottom tier last year when you look at the standings. That's kind of the case it's always been in UMAC baseball, and that's kind of the case I think it's going to be this year as well. Those three teams I'm thinking of are Northland, Martin Luther, and North Central. Those are kind of the three teams that traditionally have been towards the bottom of the standings. They're all interchangeable in my opinion. I'm going to go North Central number eight, and again, they're all interchangeable, but just not not really a lot there that I'm familiar with with this team. I see they've gotten off to kind of a tough start this year and just knowing what the well for sure, you know, and I'll get into this with uh, one of the teams I mentioned there and what I know they have coming back and what they were able to do. 
um, for sure going to have them behind them. And so I, I just think North Central, unfortunately, it's not going to go their way this year. They'd be number eight, in my opinion. Last year, they were six in the UMAC, but uh, I would agree with what you said, Wyatt. I mean, those are pretty interchangeable at the bottom of the standings when we look at North Central, Northland, and Martin Luther. So just to be a little bit different, I don't have a ton of uh, reasoning behind this. I'm going to go with the Northland College Lumberjacks. And no, that is not just because they are 0-2 right now and they're officially in last place, just by the way the schedule has worked with a couple losses against UW-Superior earlier this week. But uh, yeah, it's tight. We could go any direction. But uh, why not start off with a little bit of a disagreement? I will go the Lumberjacks in eighth. Well, it's not much of a disagreement because I have them number seven. And that's a good point. They've played a couple conference games. Everybody has gotten at least one in besides Northwestern and North Central. They were supposed to play each other in those games for obvious reasons. Did not uh, get played. And uh, those would be the only two teams that haven't. But yeah, like you said, tough start. They lose a couple to a very good Superior team. And I think Superior is going to be a very solid squad this year in UMAC play. So nothing to be ashamed of by that. But it's just going to be tough for them to get wins, I I think, in this conference. Again, it's so, so many good teams right in the middle of the top of this conference. And I just don't see Northland being in that mix. So I'm going to go number seven for them. I will take... North Central then at number seven, just a notch in front of Northland. And I have a feeling as we move forward, we are going to be picking the same team to finish in sixth place. But I could be wrong. Should we say it on like the count of three? One, two, three. Martin Luther. Martin Luther. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I, I do have the Knights number six. Hey, here's the deal, though. I put them at number six in front of those two because they weren't that bad last year. They had some... Pretty impressive results. They won some games in conference, which typically hadn't happened for a long time. And one guy specifically, I think he's been player of the week already this year. He was player of the week once or twice last year. Mason Cox, coach's kid, absolute stud. Really, really good player. And so when you got a guy like him, I think that really goes a long way for your program. Also, as I look at their roster now, our buddy Michael Fromm is on the roster. Ryan, you remember he reached out yes. to us last year. Is yep. that actually true? I got to look at the statistics now. I thought for sure he had moved on, but maybe he's back. I don't know. Well, I'm, I know I'm thinking. They, as, as you looked that up, Wyatt, I know obviously you mentioned they got Mason back, and you know he is not just a bright spot on that team, but when we look at the conference as a whole, I mean, he broke Martin Luther records last year with a 476 batting average and a 540 on base, tied the school record in hits total in the season, was making plays on the football field when I was able to see him in person back in the fall. So he's an exceptional athlete and was a uh, first-teamer in the UMAC last spring. They also got a guy back with plenty of experience behind the backstop, and that's huge to have a catcher back with a lot of experience. Nobody knows that better than you, Wyatt. Spencer Lilienthal back for the club as well. So... I don't know whether or not it is accurate what you just said about Mr. Fromm, but regardless, they got some pieces back that I think you got to be excited about. It certainly looks like it is. Uh, Apparently, he is playing this year again. I'm pretty sure he didn't last year, so that's that's new to me. But uh, he's a great follow on Twitter, by the way, everybody. If you want to follow him, (laughs) great takes. He's a Wisconsin sports fan. He's got his Milwaukee Bucks takes, so uh, I, I recommend that. But great guy. And uh, hard not to cheer for Martin Luther. And so hoping the best for them. But, yeah, I I have them number six. I think there's pieces in place for them to stay in front of Northland and North Central and even compete possibly against the next couple of teams that I'll have in the standings as well. And we don't have time to do full research on this, Wyatt, because I I should check back into this at some point as we move along this spring. I don't know if it's officially open now. I think it is, actually. You know, they got that big new, new dome that some donors helped to put up out there in New Ulm. So the rumor is brighter days are ahead for Martin Luther because they're getting a big facility bump. So do we see that in the left column in the wins category this year and in the UMAC standings? I don't know. Who's to say? But it doesn't hurt, Wyatt. I mean, especially with these shenanigans in Minnesota and in Minnesota Spring. I mean, it helps to have an indoor facility on site. Oh, 100%. You, you almost, it's almost a necessity. You almost need that or you need a turf field or just something to give yourself an opportunity to get work in where, you know, if you don't, you're really going to put yourself behind the rest of the pack. That's, that's just my opinion. So, but practicing um, in a gym, I mean, there's nothing like it. I know you miss those days, man. You can get a lot out of that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, 
in high school, I had a guy I played with, and he was a really good player, and he missed 10 straight ground balls on the gym floor. <laughs> Could not field one. Coach just kept on hitting him at him. Was not going to move to the next guy until he got one, and yeah, it was it was like 10 in a row before he finally got it. So I don't put a lot of stock into practicing on a gym floor, personally, but... You know, I, you can do it. You can get stuff done. It's it's not as ideal, though. So it, it's nice to have those options, like you said. Who uh, I'll let you go first now. Who do you got at number five? Yeah, this is uh, where it starts to get more and more compelling as we move up towards the top here. And this is right on the verge of where you're fighting for a spot in the UMAC tournament or not. And, you know, reminder before we get too much further along, I mean, yes, Wyatt, you want to be – good in regular season play to set yourselves up for the tournament like obviously that's always important and you're always going out there to win baseball games all that is to be said nobody this year is fighting for let's finish at the top so we can host the conference tournament we already know who's hosting the conference tournament so even if bethany lutheran finishes in fourth they're still going to be hosting the umac tournament we'll maybe get into that more a little bit later on but the point i'm trying to make is only four teams get in so when we talk about this number five slot you're right there on the verge. And when we look back on last season, they were making a run. I think it was up until the final weekend, Wyatt. They were in play for it, and I can confirm they were. Minnesota Morris missed it on a tiebreaker where they finished 13-8, and and so did Superior. And we know what Superior did in the UMAC Conference Tournament out in Roseville. They darn near won the thing. I mean, they were in the driver's seat going into the final day of the tournament before the Crown College Polars won two games to win the UMAC. So... We look at the preseason poll. Where is Morris picked? Same spot, once more. And Wyatt, when we speak about one of these older guys deciding to come back in this league, I mean, one of them has to be Alex Bauman, correct? I mean, yeah. he's, he's got to be a, a fifth-year or six-year guy, doesn't he, the senior shortstop? I, I can't confirm. For some reason, I feel like he was there my freshman year, but I could be wrong. I... A guy that everybody knows his name. He's been an all-conference guy, really good hitter, does a lot for that team, and you're absolutely right. That experience will be huge for them, and you need guys like that, certainly in this day and age when other teams have them as well with COVID you know, and that era and everything that happened. When you get guys to come back for that extra year, that's how you know it could be something special. So, yeah, he's been around a long time, so you're picking them to be fifth, correct? Yeah, I didn't really officially say it. I was just setting up everything we know about him. I am going to pick him fifth, but I okay. was really close to picking him ahead of that, and they're going to be right in the thick of things. I mean, you got a guy like Bauman back. you got a first-team all-UMAC pitcher and Jacob Schaff returning as well. And, I mean, it was a huge year that they're trying to build off of Wyatt from a season ago. They set a school record for victories last yeah. year. So can they build off of that and at least be in the conversation of getting into postseason play? As we head into the final week of the season, we'll wait and see. They will absolutely be in that conversation, and I think all five of the top five that we're going to run through are really close to each other. Morris is maybe just a knock below the other four, and that's why I have them at number five as well. But they'll absolutely be in the mix. They're going to have to have some guys that we maybe have never heard of before, Ryan, be the ones that step up in conference play if they are to take that next step and make the tournament. So... It'll be interesting to see how it unfolds for Morris. I think they're going to be right there, but just knowing how good the four teams that we haven't got to yet are, I, I got to have them at number five. Alrighty, you want me to pick my first tournament contender, if you will, or do you want to go first with number four? Now you go ahead. I, I'm curious. I'm going to let you keep going first right now. So the way we are setting this up, it would be the same four you and I believe that we had a season ago in the mm-hmm. UMAC tournament. Now, what is the order? That's a big question because last year we had Northwestern hosting and then you also had Bethany, Crown, and Superior in the tournament. All you got to do is get into the dance and then anything can happen from there. I have Northwestern at number four. For the team who is the number one the last multiple seasons, they know they won't be hosting this year, even if they are first. Again, it'll automatically be hosted out in Mankato and we can talk about that decision and everything that goes with that a little later on in this episode or throughout the season as well. There are some question marks, Wyatt, and I specifically look at the pitching depth with this club. There are some young arms that are promising that have been waiting in the wings that are now upperclassmen looking to step into a bigger role and have the opportunity to do so because, you know, Coach Heeb is going to be looking to other guys to step up when you don't have, I mean, obviously what 
jumps off the page and is more than an elephant that left the room. Owen Borma, I mean, he's now striking out guys in Division One and pitching in the Big 12 down in the Little Apple. Shout out Jerome Tain and the guys in Manhattan, Kansas for the Kansas State Wildcats. He's no longer in the picture, Wyatt. You got some other talented guys who are trying to work back from injury and may or may not be back later on this spring. All eyes are on Bryce Crabb. I mean, not just what he does on the mound, but what he's going to do at the plate and what he's going to do in the infield on days he isn't pitching. I mean, that guy is going to carry a lot. You got some other pieces that you like offensively, but when it comes down to it, and I think about later on in a weekend, let's say he pitches the first game and you still got two more to go, and you need guys coming out of the bullpen, and who's going to get big outs when it matters most? Is it going to be a guy like Aaron Severson coming in to shut the door, pitching an inning or two out of the bullpen? I'm not exactly sure. They could easily finish a little higher, but I'm going to pick Northwestern fourth. Stop rambling along and wait to see who you have at number four. Oh, hot take. I don't think Marquise Noel is as good as everybody else does down Whoa. there. I mean, I love Jerome Ting, don't get me wrong, and it was great to see him have their success, but... That's, you know, a whole nother the topic, might. but completely, too short completely, <laughs> completely overrated. Has nothing to do with his height. He's, he's overrated. But anyways, all that to be said, yes, Northwestern is missing some pitching for obvious reasons. When you lose a guy like Owen Borma, I'm on board with everything you just said there. However, I'm going to pick Superior number four. Whoa. Now, listen, you might have him up as high as number one for all I know. Superior very easily could finish number one and win the conference tournament. They're, I would not be shocked. They're already 2-0. They're already off already the and start. And, and that's why it's tough for me to pick him at number four. I just, all these teams are so interchangeable. There's some unknowns. There's a lot of familiar guys back in this lineup for Superior. Don't get me wrong. You got guys like, you know, Garcia, you got Fredrickson, Trimble, Rhodes. I mean, a lot of guys that I play, a lot of guys that I played against. I mean, seriously. So it's a team that has the pieces to go and win the whole thing. It's just going to be really tough against those other three teams I haven't named. And don't get me wrong. They got Ryan Rodriguez back too. And I mean, that's, that's a whole nother thing too, because we thought it was going to be his senior moment or whatever, his COVID year moment last year in the conference tournament. Sure enough, he's using his extra year of eligibility, and he's out here killing it so far. So they are a really good team, and again, they could win the whole thing. They might, for crying out loud, Ryan, they could run the table in conference play here for all I know. There's just some unknowns with all of these teams up at the top, and I'm going to use what I do know to pick the top four spots, and I'm going to take them number four. That's fair. Do we want to flip back to you and and have you pick your third team first, or do you want me to? Continue to go first. I I can. Northwestern's number three for me. I think there's enough there still pitching-wise without Borma to get them enough wins in conference play and to win some close games. You mentioned Bryce Crabb. Aaron Severson's been a guy that's been starting this year for Northwestern, at least early on. And and a guy we, you know, talked about off the air a little bit that might come back. He was the quarterback for Northwestern this year. He's a good pitcher, just hasn't gotten many innings, you know, you know, uh, well, he he pitched a decent amount last year, I should say. And and then he hasn't gotten any innings yet because he's battling back from this hip injury. But if Nick Drinken comes back, that's another arm right there that makes a big difference for Northwestern. So that's kind of what plays into this is does he come back at some point? And is he himself? And then when I look at the offense for Northwestern, and it's interesting. I think there's enough there. It's not what it's been. I mean, I'm just going to be honest, Ryan. The last two years, they had some really good lineups that they could put together. It's maybe not the same this year, but they still have enough to be a very, very good team this year and do a lot of damage. And it's going to come down to guys like Aaron Severson, who had a great freshman season hitting the baseball. He's been a little off the last year and a half now, but can he turn it around, which I'm sure he can. You got other guys that have been stepping up. They got a transfer in, in, uh, uh, let's see here. I got to find him. Uh, Bruce Benji, who has been, uh, or Benji Bruce, which, which one is it? It's, I, I, I'm looking at it backwards now. It's two B's, but, uh, um, it, it is Benji Bruce. You. Uh, it, Hey, he's got two first names. I, I mean, oh, come, on. <laughs> come on. He's got two first names, but, uh, he's been killing it for him early on. He started to dip a little bit the last couple of games, but from their like Florida trip on, he had been doing really well. So they got pieces offensively. I think there's enough pitching there where they can do some damage this year in conference play. And this is a team, be it as it may, they're not as good as they've been in the past couple of years. They still have enough. And 
Coach Heeb's got his Coach K send-off right now, Ryan. Oh, He's got his final year. It's been Coach K. Oh, don't, well, don't I'm just saying that. it's been oh. – I'm not comparing him to Coach <laughs> K. I'm just saying everybody knows it's his final year. You yes. know what I mean? Yep. So that's definitely something to take into consideration here as Northwestern gets prepared to make a run at another title. So I got him number three. Again, very interchangeable with Superior as they would be with the next two teams as well. It's just hard to say. But this is a very good roster. Yeah, that's an uh, interesting storyline, and I'm glad that you brought that up. Is there a little extra motivation as we were on later this season? We'll maybe touch on that when you know that your coach and, and a guy that recruited so many of the players that are on this squad that they're at Northwestern, and a big reason why is because of Coach Heeb. You know, does that give them a little extra boost as they head down the stretch? We'll maybe talk about that a little later. But yeah, power outage. I mean, you don't got guys like Sammy P back, Keegan Verco. I think is coaching, if I'm not mistaken. So he's around, but he's uh, obviously not suiting up for Northwestern. And for Eagle fans, that's unfortunate with all the home runs you could count on with him. But, yeah, they're an interesting team, no doubt. So you have them third. I have them fourth. That means I have to list someone who is going to be in third. We have a couple more teams to pick from. I'm going to go with Bethany Lutheran in this spot, Wyatt. They are all so, so tight. Don't get me wrong. There is talent back for this Viking squad. And the benefit that they know... No matter what slot they get, as long as they get nothing worse than fourth, they'll be hosting the UMAC tournament, and that is obviously a big plus for them and something to look forward to. I look at the pitching first. They got some other talented guys back, veterans Liam Peterson, Matt Verdugo behind the plate, and then there's some youngsters as well who are really talented, but it was a tough ending to the season last year, Wyatt, with what they had in play as far as seeding went and then in the UMAC conference tournament to go 0-2. They got over 20 new guys into the program this season, so a lot of new faces, even though there is some experience back. But if you are back and you are one of those veterans, you better be a leader for this club. I mean, there's names like Verdugo, Pouncey, Peterson, I mentioned, Hunter Pierce. Those guys are going to be counted on to be big time. And then you got a couple arms in Brody Curtis and Connor Merton that we have seen in the past. But then from there, there's a lot of question marks with this club. And I look at... What do you have for frontline starters? And I'm going to get to that in a moment with the teams that I have listed as one and two. That's the biggest reason why Bethany's just a little pegged down, some question marks with the newcomers, and then pitching. When I compare it to the other two teams that I'll list in a moment, I think it's just a step down from those two clubs. So that's why I have Bethany in third. Fair enough. Since uh, you had me go back-to-back, I'm going to make you go back-to-back here. Who is your number two, and then who do you have number one? And then before you like get into the reasoning, I can do the same since obviously it'll be revealed at that point. So who do you got number two and number one? Who do you think? Do you want to guess? I mean, who, who do you think well, I Well, so the two teams you have left are Crown and Superior, correct? Yes. If I had to guess, I'm going to assume you probably win Superior 2 and then you gave it to the defending champs number one. I did the reversal, actually. You do have see, that's why when I said Superior 4, you're thinking, what's up with this guy? He doesn't even know what he's talking about. You got the Jackets number one. I do. Wow, remarkable. It's revenge. I, th- I think it's the revenge tour for them, and I'll get into more reasoning a little in a little bit, like you mentioned. So you, you can do your 2-1, and one, but I have Superior 1 and Crown yeah. 2. We, we are very different. One thing we do have that's similar is Crown is number two for both of us. And then that means I got Bethany Lutheran number one. Wow. So there you go. That's that's what I have. Do you want to give, you give your reasoning? I'm curious. Well, I mean, you already mentioned him. He's one of my favorite guys to watch in this league. I mean, he's top three in all well, the players, period. <laughs> Why? Why are you laughing? Uh, is it because of a certain connection that well, that he, you have, or yeah, I, mean, I mean, you know, we went to the same stomping grounds a ways back. If that's he not went the biggest to reason. like a school in Wisconsin, <laughs> would you still have as much love for him as you do? Yeah, I mean, I think it would be near the same. I mean, that's just a cool factoid to add to it. But you know, I've known him as the guy who's towing the rubber, as an intimidating guy for all UMAC hitters for the last multiple years, but. Yeah, like you, I didn't know that he necessarily had another year left in his back pocket, but a guy who's pitched in so many big games, and we saw it last year at the highest level in the UMAC Conference Tournament, and now to be back, I mean, that's invaluable to have a guy like Ryan Rodriguez. And so far this year, I mean, he's right about at a 2 ERA, and he's been dynamite 
24 strikeouts to two walks at this time that we're recording. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Matt Tappy pitching a lot of big spots as well. He's still working through some things. But then I look at some younger arms that I was really impressed with what they did out of the bullpen. And starting later on in the weekend, a guy like Riley Harbaugh back for them as well. So I was so impressed by it. I mean, we talked about it a lot last season. We'll talk about it more this spring with what Coach Oaks did in his first season. I mentioned a little bit earlier, they were in the driver's seat, the catbird seat, as some guys like to say, heading into the final day of the UMAC tournament. It didn't go their way. Crown was a wagon, and they absolutely took advantage on that championship Saturday. But all that is to be said, I think it's a revenge tour for them. I like the pitching they have coming back. I have some questions about if they get into higher scoring games with, let's say, like a team like Crown, do they have enough arms to potentially beat them multiple times in a weekend? That's a big question. But we're not talking about right now the UMAC Conference Tournament. That is always in my head. Don't get me wrong. And that is going to be a factor when these two square off whenever in the world that is able to happen in this UMAC slate this season. And I'm just going to scroll here and try to find that here as I'm rambling along to try to figure out when those two square off. Because I think they finished the regular season wide. I'm trying to remember a season ago, if I'm remembering they did. correctly. They did, yep. So this season, they will play each other also the last weekend of the regular season. How about that, Wyatt? Do the How schedule makers that? know well, what they're doing or what? <laughs> it's not always the same. So it's yeah. interesting that they do play two years in a row at the end of the year. Because, yeah, it was always different when I played, at least. So If it stays the same, last year they had to go to Crown. It's just flipping this year. Well, Crown will go to sure. Superior first weekend of may before we hit the conference tournament so uh that's something to look forward to yeah i like the pitching that they got and a revenge tour for them and then crown on the other hand i have him as number two but yeah why you could argue kind of like what you were saying before oh are you going to have the defending champs at number one you can make a big argument for why they should be and you got two arms that when they're on are really good tyler van sice interesting arm angle and a guy who can be really good when he's on his stuff and then uh, Aiden Volkspeck, the guy who really introduced himself to the league in a big, big way with what he did on the Eagles field on that Friday night game last year in the UMAC Conference Tournament. That's the most vivid memory that I have of him. They already got one UMAC win where they dominated Morris at this time of the recording. And in that ball game, I believe getting the ball in their first UMAC game, I want to say that was uh I believe Vance it was was it Volkspec, not Van Sice? I, well, Van oh, Sice only has three I'm innings sorry. this year, yes. so he's only pitched in the one game. I don't know if he's if, if everything's good there or not, but he may be. It's kind of oh, yeah, kind of wow. interesting that he's only had three innings so far. That is interesting. But you're not going to give any love to JVD. I was just go- I was literally just about to. I mean, you, you, me you mentioned that. they they got two really good arms in their rotation, and he's sitting up there with the lowest DRA, and he's pitched like 19 innings. I mean, you got to give him some love, right? He's the shut the door guy. So when they get into a groove True. later on this spring, it's those two guys that I mentioned towing the rubber. Not that JVD couldn't do that, but he just broke the program record for career saves. So he's the guy they like to go to. In a big leverage spot. No, unfortunately, Wyatt. I mean, it is a little bit sad, if I'm going to be honest, that Eric Newman can't come back for an umpteenth year, that a near 30-year-old can't come back on the mound. It is sad. So they don't have him back. Because if they if they had him back, Wyatt, I mean, wow, what, what a rotation they would have coming back. Yeah. But, uh, well, he's, he's used they, all of his eligibility. I think. They'd, be no, they'd be number one for sure if he was back. But, yes, he's, he's used his eligibility and – He's quite the character. I, I will yeah. say that. I'll miss him for sure. But, yeah, a lot of good arms with Crown. I have him number two. Like like you had kind of said, they very easily could be number one as well. And I think all four of the top four teams could end up winning the regular season or the conference tournament. I really do. And I think Morris isn't that far off of those four either. So it's really tight, and there's a lot of unknowns coming into the year. But when I look at Crown, like you said, they got some good arms, and then you know what you're going to get from them at the plate. I don't think yeah. that's ever changing. Even when they lose some of these guys, they're going to bring other guys in that can hit. That's kind of their identity, and you know, uh, a big reason why is uh, with well, now their new head coach, uh, Rep King, and he's the one that kind of has been instrumental with getting this team to swing as well as they have and with the recruiting and just everything that goes into that and now transfers. he's the head guy there and transfers i mean how how he hadn't i mean holy cow 542 and his slugging or his ops is like 1400 like this is insane what he's been able to do so far and then of course you got the guys like seth betts who's back 
for I this has to be his last year. I mean, he is really exhausting all of the eligibility that he has and hey i mean rumor, rumor is he can rent a car and he is taking guys you know where they need to go this season because he's the one that can go pick up an enterprise and there may be an nil deal in the works in the future and why not you know do it if hold you on a second day. hold on a second do you have to be a certain i didn't know you had to be a certain age to do the enterprise and i thought i was just 21 I think you got to be 25 to rent a car. Do you actually. really? Okay, you're, you're probably right. I didn't. I didn't realize. The, the I've joke never had is to always do it. Made with uh, Gopher football on this podcast. <laughs> I listen to is oh, they've gotten so old they can all rent a car for themselves at Enterprise. So that's yeah. that's where. Hey, Gopher from. football, which you know, I, I actually don't mind the statement from PJ. They're a life program, not a football program. I like that, but it's kind of showing on the football field. Let's get some wins too, PJ. Come on, we we got to win some games. Just okay. saying. Okay. Just saying. All right. With we'll, that being said, we'll get to that after the spring game. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> with that being said, big gift for Ben Johnson in the portal today, by the way. <laughs> Seth Betts is going to do what he does. Mason Brock's going to do what he does. Again, how he has been phenomenal. About the Aussie. Reese DeWick, the Aussie. Hey, hey, they're all they're all going to do their thing. They they all can hit, and that's not going to change anytime soon. This is going to be a lineup that's tough to deal with. So. Very easily could be number one. I have them at number two. The reason I have Bethany at number one is, like you said, they got a lot of names back themselves. When you look at this roster and this lineup, like you said, Pierce is a guy that sticks out right away. There's other guys like Ben Hopper, who's been there, it seems like, forever. I don't know why, but maybe it's because he has been there for forever, for all I know. But then you got other guys, too, like Verdugo. It is Verdugo, right? Not yeah, uh, I'm not pronouncing that wrong, right? Okay, I like mean, I, I second guess. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah that's what I thought. That's yeah. what I thought. I just, I, I second guess myself. Liam Peterson's another one. So a lot of seniors, a lot of guys that have been there for a long time. And again, on the mound, I think there's pieces here for this team to do something there too. I, you know I like Brody Curtis, and it, it hasn't been great for him the last year and a half now. But I still think he has the potential to be a really good pitcher in this league. And he showed that. Two years ago, my senior year, he was a really good pitcher that year. And then they got another guy who's just a sophomore this year in Gavin Jacobson. Have you seen what he's done the first couple times out? Lots of strikeouts. He's getting the ball by people. His ERA is just two and nine innings pitched. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. If they can get that from him in conference play and they get enough from their pitching rotation, this team's going to score a lot of runs. So I like Bethany at number one. I trust their coach, Coach Craig, as well. I think he does a really good job. He's been around for a long time and knows how to get the most out of his guys. So in a year where there's a lot of unknowns and a lot of interchangeable teams, I'm going to go with the team that's done it before up at the top and give me Bethany number one. And I'm pretty sure, were they number one in the preseason poll as well? So. You know, a lot of coaches, yeah. a lot of coaches are giving them their respect in preseason as well. Again, it could go any way, but uh, that's just the way I see it as of right now. You heard it first from Mr. Morrell. It is the year of the Viking, and the place to be is Mankato. They will not only host the UMAC men's basketball tournament and cut down the nets; they will host the UMAC men's, well, men's baseball, well, baseball and will they, tournament. And, will uh, they truly be hosting it too as the one seed? You know, because I yeah. mean they're hosting it regardless. But sure. I, I think they'll be the one seed, and it's, it's going to be a true hosting situation if that makes sense. Well, and what's the equivalent, Wyatt? I'm trying to think. You can't cut down the nets on the baseball diamond. What, what can you take with you from the game? I mean, you can take the ball. You know, they're already on their home field. I mean, take some sand, except it's take- turf, so that doesn't work. <laughs> but, you know, I've seen the movies where teams do that or whatever. Or you hear the stories, but yeah, that's obviously not applicable here. The winner of this UMAC tournament, we got to figure that out. Okay, this is on the list, Wipe, by the end of the year. What do they get to take with them from the plane facilities out in Mankato? Well, we you know, you, you know what the story with me, right? Because I told you this, where I. When we won the conference championship, I was the one that caught the last out at second base. And you know the Anthony Rizzo stick the ball in your pocket right away. Like I I told myself I was going to do that if that situation came. But it all happened so quick. I have no idea where that baseball went, to be honest. I think I threw it in the air. I, I, to be honest, I have no idea. I'd have to go back and watch and remember exactly. But, yeah, I know this. I didn't put it in my pocket. So, uh, the baseball is definitely something that one person can take with them, but otherwise, 
think you're just kind of on your own. You you get that trophy, and I guess uh, they don't have it as good as basketball does. I guess in that no. sense, nothing's as good as basketball. I agree, White. This doesn't. You're you're a big fan, yeah. <laughs> hey, we did not take three weeks off because we don't like baseball. It's just how the schedule works, people. I promise. Yeah. No. I, I agree. So there is our one through eight that uh, inevitably will be scrutinized by many throughout the season, but that's okay. We had to get it out there. It is now yes. or never because some games we mentioned, Wyatt, have already begun. And some yeah. hopefully will be beginning for UMAC clubs this weekend. So with that being said, are you ready to make some predictions for the first time this season? We we are diving in head first in this first episode. I'm ready as I'll ever be. You're gonna lead the way here because I, I'm at my head hurts looking at the UMAC website and trying to figure out who's playing when and what games are gonna happen, postponements and just different stuff that's been going on. So I will follow your lead. We did we did it last year where we would predict, you know, not only what team would win the series, but would they win it three zero, two to one? And then we got a certain amount of points based off of that. We're going to keep that system again this year where you get a full three points if you predict a team to sweep somebody and then they do it, you would get three points. If you pick a team to win the series but don't get the number of games right, you only get one point. So it's kind of a weird scoring system, but I don't know. It worked for us last year. Is there any changes you propose to that, Ryan? No, if it ain't broke, and as far as we're aware, Mr. Bauman's going to help us out again. No, not Alex Bauman, a, a different Mr. Bauman, is going to be helping us out. Are they related? Tabulating those predictions. I don't know. Have we talked about do that Do they spell their we name? Do they, do they spell their name the same way, the last name? I don't even know. Anyways. Mr. Alex, I think, has two N's, and the other one that we know only has one N. So it, it's close for no cigar. So anyway, because he is tabulating those results, Wyatt, we don't have to do much of anything, and he'll figure it out. So, again, thank you, Mr. Bauman. Uh, we think that he's doing it again this year, and watch him saying this, and he'll all of a sudden pull the plug and say, nope, not I, doing it no more. Uh, he's not going to pull the plug on us. He's too nice of a guy. He, he, he'll he be sure. there for us, and I he'll probably even have some trivia for us again. I mean, that's just the kind of guy he is at the end of this whole thing. He just puts in the work, so we're very grateful for all he does, and like you said, he makes our job really easy, which is great. Yes, shout out for sure. So, we did this last year from time to time, Wyatt, where we said there is no guarantee that the three games are going to be played when we think they're going to be played. But when we see matchups that are supposed to happen on a week-by-week basis, we're going to say, all right, we're going to pick the series. One of the games may be delayed. It may take three weeks to get it done. We may not have these series over until April 18th. I'm just throwing a random date out there. But we're going to pick the whole series. So... If I'm reading correctly, I believe we know the three, excuse me, four series rather. There are eight teams, two teams per series, obviously. The four matchups that are supposed to happen this weekend or early next week in the UMAC, depending on postponements and whatnot. And for one series, I already know the location has been changed and the dates have been changed and weather pending, they may or may not happen. So that is what we are dealing with right now. But we know the four matchups, why? And we are going to start with the showdown between the NC schools. It is NCU and NC. NCU being North Central at Northland College. And they, this season, Wyatt, don't ask me why, but they are not playing at Lumberjack Field in Ashland, Wisconsin, at least to start the year. And I give them credit, in this time where it is very difficult to find a facility in the upper Midwest that you are able to play on, where there's no snow or ice or ruined grass or whatever the deal is, they're playing at the Woodside Sports Complex in Mauston, Wisconsin. And you did a little research on this, so take that into consideration, Wyatt. The first series for you to pick, Northland is hosting North Central, not on campus, but at the Woodside Sports Complex. Who do you have between the Lumberjacks and the Rams? It's so random that that's where they're playing. Like, it's it's not anywhere near Ashland, so I, I don't know. Could they not find a place that was closer? Is that far enough south, I guess, where they can get the games? And who knows for sure. If anybody knows, hit us up, UAOTheUMAC at gmail.com. Help us out with that. But with that being said, I look at North Central. I picked them number eight in the standings prediction that we just did. 
And uh, there's only a couple of teams I really think they have a chance to beat this year or take a game from, and Northland is one of them. So with that being said, I'm going to take Northland to win the series, but I'll say they get two of the games and North Central does sneak one out. So give me Northland. They take two. North Central takes one. I don't know what order it's going to happen in. This this has the making for a D3 box score where it's like ridiculously high scoring or there's just something that really pops off the page that you don't really get at any other level so we'll see if it happens but I think this would be a spot where North Central could take a game and I think they got to sense that and they're going to need to capitalize on it they have not won a game yet this year at 0-10 time to turn that around right now I like it and this opening weekend and throughout this spring I think in this league we will see things that people may call truly unlike any other at least that is the hope i think home field advantage matters this early in the season wide i know i had north central in seventh and northland in eighth but i'm going to pick it the same way you are going to the lumberjacks feeling a little more at home at the woodside sports complex able to take down north central who will get one game but two to one the lumberjacks win the series is it really home field advantage though I mean, they got the comfortability, if that's a word, of playing there yeah. mm-hmm. earlier this week against Superior. So they got two games under their belt. It may not feel like home for a little bit, but it's going to feel more like home than it does for the Rams. So they got two games under their belt there, two games that they unfortunately lost for the Lumberjacks' sake. But, hey, they're finding a place to play. I commend them for that. Lawn, bus rides, whatever the deal may be, Lumberjack athletic department making it happen so job well done that's true they're getting games in when other teams still have not so i will give them props for that i still don't know if it's just far enough south and that's why they're able to do it if they have a deal where they can play games there just it's interesting that's the location but nonetheless they're getting the games in so with that being said which uh, matchup are we moving to next by the way for the games that have already been played obviously we're not picking those are those series just are we throwing those out the window well, I think Superior, yeah, I mean, we'll maybe circle back to them later, but when we look later this season, like, you know, Superior's already played Northland twice when there's inevitably a one-off because, you know, each team is supposed to play every other team three times. When that inevitably happens later on and it's just one game, I think we just toss that one out because we didn't get to it ahead of time. So I think yeah. we just look at each chunk with the four matchups as we're able to do so each week when we record and we'll just take it as we go. I don't know. I don't have any better way to do it in my head. Nope, that's fine with me. I just wanted to clarify before we get too far down the road. So where do you want to head to next? Let's go to the great state of Minnesota, where the other three matchups are slated to take place. And let's head out west to Minnesota Morris, hosting Bethany Lutheran. Big, big series to open up umac play where both of these teams are not in the same spot as morris actually i'm reminded has already played one game and so is bethany so each of them have a game already under their belt morris falling against crown in convincing fashion earlier this week while bethany picked up a resounding win over martin luther on tuesday of this week by a 10 to nothing final so i mean both teams will be resting up and rearing to go if this thing does start on Friday, which that is a big, big question mark. But whenever these three games take place, that is what we are predicting. This is an interesting one, Wyatt. I can go first if you want, if we want to switch back and forth on this. Both you and I think that Bethany is going to be in the postseason. We think that Morris is not, but Morris is going to be close. Morris is home if these games are indeed played. This is tough. I'm going to take Bethany in three games, but I would not be shocked at all if Morris finds a way to win this series and make a statement early on in this 2023 campaign. But give me Bethany winning two games to one. I almost feel like Morris needs to make a statement and get a game here in this series, but it's not that difficult for me to pick this one. You said it's tough. And I mean, I get it. Morris definitely could take a game, maybe even shock us and win the series for all we know but I do think Bethany will sweep and I think they'll win all three we'll see the depth 
in that rotation come through for him. And again, there's enough in their lineup where they're going to be a danger to any pitching staff on any given night and any given series. So I think Bethany makes a statement. I picked him number one. I can't go against him right away in the first prediction of the season. So I'll take him to get the sweep and get that uh, taken care of. All righty. Halfway home. Let's now stay out west in a way, but move closer to the cities and head to St. Bonifacius, where hopefully, again, these are all pending that these games take place. Some of them are listed to be taking place in St. Bonnie, and some of them are in St. Peter, where Crown played their game as the home team against Morris earlier this week. So I don't know if you know what's going on with Polar Nation if, this year. If I, if, if I did, I'd, I'd let you know. I know they're officially the Polars now, so I yep. give them that. I mean, we, we finally got that taken care of, so... That's well, that's all I can tell you though. <laughs> well, and I don't know if their their home has moved to St. Peter. I don't think that's the case. I think they still got that deal with St. Bonnie at Missile Park, as they affectionately call it throughout this season. As I'm scrolling along, yeah, I believe that is their home ballpark. But if they have to play initially in St. Peter, and that's better field conditions, at least for earlier in the year, I don't know. It may be happening out there. Sure. But uh, they're hosting Martin Luther. As I'll finally get to the point here, they had a convincing win, as I mentioned, against Minnesota Morris earlier this week, 14-2 to final. Full expect looking good. Hopefully we'll see Van Sice at some point in this series over the weekend. If it is played over this weekend, that's the big thing I'm looking at. Is he healthy? Is he raring to go? From what you mentioned earlier on, that's a big thing to keep an eye on. Regardless, too much offense from Crown for Martin Luther to keep up. I have the Polars picking up a sweep over the Knights. Yeah, I, I'm not one to say, you know, anybody runs up the score or anything like that, but Crown normally, this is where their stats get, you know, inflated. Like, they, they feast on these kinds of opportunities, and their lineup just mashes. That's going to be the case. Uh, I mean, Martin Luther is really going to have to play a clean and solid game and hope that the bats aren't hot for Crown if they want any chance to win any of these games. And I think Crown gets it done. They'll get the sweep at home. Regardless of where they play the games, I, it doesn't matter, Ryan. They could play them, you know, for all I care in Iowa. I think Crown's winning all three of these games, so give me the pollers here. I was waiting to see how you'd end that sentence. I thought you were going to say they well, could play I, these games out in Toronto or... I, I could have been more creative than Iowa. I, I kind of froze <laughs> there, and I just threw that out there. But, what do you no, have it doesn't, against Iowa? There's a lot I don't, of great nothing. baseball facilities there. Absolutely, and you know what? And they do it. They do it the right way. They have their high school baseball season in the summer. I think that's what Minnesota should do because we don't get mm-hmm. a good spring up here, and you know you don't get you'd the full season. By now, you'd think they'd learn. Think they that would. This is not think they would. However, amateur baseball, and I know Legion baseball is dying off, but like the summer baseball leagues that we do have here in Minnesota are big enough where I get it, and it makes sense to keep it in the spring. But I'm just saying, I would not be opposed to moving back to the summer. I think there's advantages. I agree, and I'll also throw out there, tennis, why aren't we playing in the fall? Makes no sense. I don't get it. People Mm. are upset. I've been upset in the past. Come on, let's put our heads together. That should be a fall sport, but I'll just leave that there. Okay, three of the four series are done. This last one, why it is interesting, because originally this was being slated to play in Superior, because last year Northwestern hosted the Jackets in the opening weekend of UMAC play, and I remember that pretty vividly, actually, because those were three great games, first weekend of April. Weather wasn't peachy. I remember being pretty cold announcing those games, but it was like, all right, spring is here, and like we started with a bang, and that series was a heck of a lot of fun, and Superior made a big statement at Reynolds Field on the road against Northwestern and kind of introduced themselves under first-year head coach TJ Oaks by winning that series, if I'm not mistaken, remembering that correctly. Yep. It's going to take place at the same spot. So I feel like, you know, Jacket fans, Jacket players, coaches may be a little bitter about that. And I don't blame them because this is a huge series to open up the season. And I don't know all the factors that go into that with the Spartan sports complex that they play at out in Wisconsin. If that's just not going to be playable as soon as Reynolds Fields is. Because for the record, I mean, Northwestern hasn't played a single game at home this year. And they have a turf field. And they've had issues with getting ice and snow off the field apparently where they've you know from time to time had most of the snow off and then the ice just won't dry up because the temperatures are so cold and we're supposed to potentially get some snow later on this week here in the twin cities so i don't know what the deal is going to be originally was supposed to start on friday like these series were slated where there's one game friday to saturday at the moment last i heard wyatt 
it is going to be two games on Sunday afternoon and then one on Monday afternoon out at Reynolds Field if they can get those in. And Northwestern will be hosting Superior instead of Superior being able to host the Eagles. So I think this is a serious disadvantage for the Jackets coming into this. I picked them to win the conference, though, and Northwestern is fourth. But everything is very, very tight in this league. And especially early on in the season, Wyatt, I mean, that means something, doesn't it? I mean, I just said it a little bit ago when we were looking at the Northland-North Central matchup. How big of a difference do you think it is for Northwestern being able to host this versus the Jackets who thought they would be able to get the Eagles on their own field? I mean, that plays into it a little bit, but I, I, I they, they both play on turf fields, and it, it's not as big of a deal as you maybe think it would be. If, if it was a situation where one team played on a traditional dirt field, then yes, I could see that. But since they both play on turf and they both have played at each other's complexes, most of the players, I should say, quite a bit over the years, I, I don't see that being a huge difference here. That's fair. And, you know, what I think about in looking at this matchup is last time we saw them opening up the UMAC tournament on that Thursday night under the lights at Reynolds Field and Superior put up 11 on Northwestern to start off that weekend that they'll never forget. And the Eagles want some revenge, I'm sure. And a guy like Bryce Crabb wanting to get back on the mound and shut down that club. I mean, as far as I know, that would be my guess why we're going to get Crabb versus Ryrod to open up this weekend series. Or hopefully at some point in the weekend we get those two matching up against each other because we could look back on this weekend and say that was the best pitching matchup. I mean, I don't see anything better on the slate. Would you with you know that potential matchup with those two squaring off? That's that's going to be a dandy. I certainly would assume that's the matchup we get. I don't know why you would be saving either of them. It's not like either of them won't be able to throw based on the schedule and everything. So, yeah, I mean, that pitching matchup there, I mean, is there anybody else you put in that conversation this year with those two? Uh, I, nothing comes to mind. Like You're, you're saying uh, unless, like pitcher of the year now you're talking yeah, about those two guys. Yeah, I, I mean, those are the two guys that really stand out in my opinion this year. Yeah. That's fair. I, I mean, we, I get we could it. see at the end of the year maybe a guy like Volkspeck can that, well, insert himself I, in that spot. But two proven guys in Crab and Rodriguez, for sure. Exactly. I was going to say Volkspeck is definitely probably up there as well, and he has the potential to be an ace too. But there are some good arms that went out of this conference a year ago, and these two guys are back, and they you know, were right up there in the conversation last year as well. So obviously Borma was the clear-cut favorite, but then there was that second tier, and these two guys led the way. So it, it would be a great matchup. I would love it. You got the revenge factor, like you said, playing into it. This is by far the best series out of the four that we're previewing and predicting. And it's it's going to be a dandy of a series with a lot on the line right away. Because like you said, it's very rare to get this kind of a matchup this early in the season. And you get 21 games and, you know, I get it. Long season, whatever, all that stuff. It's but not, though. Remember what it's we not. said. It's not. Well, like, <laughs> it's, it can be. And... These games are going to be crucial for the playoff push and tiebreakers and things like that. So huge series for both of these teams right away and uh, certainly going to learn a lot about both these teams from the next, you know, the, the three games in the upcoming couple of days here. So do you want me to predict it or do you want to go? I can get it out of the way. I'll, I'll stop rambling along as far as setting this thing up goes. And we mentioned what happened early last season where Northwestern actually did win that series. I have to correct myself. It was a razor-thin margin in Game 1, and then they split on Saturday. So the Eagles did win the series 2-1 to one for what it's worth, but again, in their last matchup, 11-5, to five, Superior taking down Northwestern in the UMAC tournament. I'm saying the Jackets are going to win this series 2-1. to one. If they match up against each other, being Ryrod and Crab, that's tough for Northwestern to try to get a win against them. But if you wanted one guy to try to go toe-to-toe and match zeros with him and give yourself a chance in the late innings, it's Bryce Crabb. But if you don't get that one, it's going to be tough to get the two following that if it does go in that pattern and you got two games left to play and you already dropped the first one. I see the Jackets taking the first one and then one of the last two, and they make a statement and get a series win on the road at a Northwestern club who won the conference in the regular season the last two years. So give me the Jackets two games to one in this series. I'm going to go the other way. I got Northwestern two games to one, and... 
again, I think the revenge thing plays into this with Northwestern, not just Crab, but Northwestern was kind of humiliated, Ryan, in, in that game a year ago at, at Reynolds Field in the conference tournament. And there's a lot of guys back from that team. Ryan Rodriguez is a great pitcher, and you had said he's an intimidating guy in the mound, and that can be true. I was never intimidated by him personally. You know, I just had that mentality, I guess, leader, as a hitter. Remember at Northwestern, I mean, yeah, there are very I few guys who plays number ten in pretty, the batter's box. So. Pretty sure he he gave me a couple of those uh, on my quest to <laughs> to breaking that record. So thank you, Ryan Rod. But uh, yeah, I, I, he's a great pitcher. They're going to have their hands full. Don't get me wrong, but I think they can take that game. And, and if they throw a crab against him, which I anticipate they can, he can absolutely go toe-to-toe with him. I mean, Ryan, quite frankly, until the conference tournament last year, I think we both would have said crab's a better pitcher or we would have took him in front of Rodriguez. We may not think that way now, but mm-hmm. you got to remember for the majority of last season, that's the way we thought. We thought that yeah. Northwestern had the two best guys, right? Yeah, I mean, for Pete's sake, he threw a no-hitter. And, I mean, mm-hmm. you mentioned the two best guys because we talked about Owen earlier yep. on. I mean, it's a different role for Bryce this year too, though, Wyatt. I mean, not just a leader as an upperclassman and everything that he brings to the table, but now he's the ace of the staff when he didn't yep. necessarily think that with Owen moving on to, you know, bigger and better things at the D1 level. So all eyes are on him. I mean, this weekend when he takes that ball and if he faces off against a guy like Ryrod, that sets the table and sets the tone for the whole season for Northwestern. And I think they can get that game and win that one. Even if they don't, I think they have the capability of coming back and getting the next two. I mean, Superior could win all three as well. That's how even these two teams are. You would think one of them's not going to sweep the other, but it very easily could happen in either way. There's a lot of different possibilities this series plays out in my mind, just knowing these two teams. And I think Northwestern getting the chance to play, I understand I said it doesn't make a big deal, but playing on their home field where they did lose to superior last year in the opening round of the conference tournament. And it was an ugly one. It it was not pretty. And they had a lot of aspirations to go back to back and make the NCAA tournament again. And they got embarrassed a little bit. I think they're going to be ready to go. They'll be fired up. They get enough from their offense along with some stellar pitching. Sam Szymanski has been another guy. He's been getting some starts. He actually was the opening day starter for Northwestern on their trip in Florida. I think he could be a guy that we're talking about when we go over the results from these games. And I think he could be in store for a good performance. And I, I think Northwestern's going to get two. I really do. So I think the Eagles take two. Superior gets one in easily the most tantalizing matchup of this spread. Should be good. I'm looking forward to it, Lord willing. Uh, I'll be there to call those matchups if and when they do happen. And maybe I should stop being so pessimistic. By the time we reach Monday night, They'll all be in the books, and uh, we'll have some things to chew on. But uh, you really never do know with this uh, Minnesota weather, at least I can speak to here in the Twin Cities. And it's a whole nother level where you are at up north. So that is all the matchups. That is the agenda for this opening episode. As we mentioned earlier, UAO, the UMAC at gmail.com inbox is open. Would love to hear from you. Questions, comments, concerns, feedback, predictions, shout-outs, disagreements, um, issues with Wyatt and I for taking off so much time, some hate mail. We're here for all of it, Wyatt. Any feedback is good feedback as far as we are concerned, or if you want to do any and all that stuff as well on Twitter, DMs are open at UAODUMAC. You can just search us on like any other UMAC. With that, that is all I have. Any closing thoughts for you, Mr. Morrell? I mean, Major League Baseball is supposed to get underway this weekend as well. I mean, when we're recording this, it's supposed to be tomorrow afternoon. That chilling moment, goosebumps, literally, because it's so cold outside as uh, we're waiting to see so many of these games be played. It's an exciting time of year with so many things merging, basketball coming to a close, Final Four, baseball starting. It hasn't really hit me yet, like I said earlier, but it's going to have to eventually, and it's going to hit like a load of bricks, I think, and then we will just be absolutely swarmed with the absurd April that is to come. Ditto. It's it's a lot, and, you know, there's never, don't get me wrong, It's it's there's never a bad time of the year for sports. I will say I always get sad when college basketball comes to an end, and it's not because yeah. I don't like baseball, and, and I don't like the warm weather. Trust me, I, I love that, but it's always tough when, when basketball officially comes to an end. I'm not an NBA guy. We have the Monday Wild right now. Will, They're doing well. So. The Wild are doing well. You're right. But Monday night will be emotional, Wyatt. When we hit late Monday I, night, I, I may shed a tear, and I'm not kidding. No interest in watching the final four this year, if I'm just being completely honest. <laughs> wow. It's been wow. it's been 
Ryan, we have talked about this before. <laughs> you love the upsets. It's great for the tournament. We want the best teams at the end, and we don't have any of the best teams. The only one is UConn. UConn's playing like the best team in college basketball. The other ones, they're kind Let's of there by Canes. default, it seems like. Let's so, go, Canes. I, I want UConn to get beat, if I'm being honest. You know what I can't understand? What? Jim Laranega is somehow younger than Leonard Hamilton, who's the Florida yeah. State head coach. That makes no sense to me. I was looking at a picture earlier today. Would never have guessed that. So, Grandpa's in the Final the Four. He's, he's still, got the moves. He's I saw the video. and <laughs> Hey, I love him as a coach. Great guy. Yeah. And and he, to see him have success in multiple schools, because he was the guy that went on the run at George Mason. and he, He's a likable coach. So, I, I, I'll be cheering for... For them, I guess, because UConn took yeah, on my Dan beloved Zags. Give me a and break. Yeah. You, you so want that, UConn that was to tough, get beat. But you're probably still bitter at Dan Hurley, and I don't blame you. I mean, what what a guy. Well, you when they're. chill pill, brother. It's, Come on. It's tough when they're <laughs> interviewing him, you know, in between timeouts, and he's saying how he's good buddies with the ref, and then he's dapping him up in between the interview, and then all the calls are going their way. I mean, it's, it's hard to believe there's not any kind of collusion there. I'm just oh. saying. But, anyways. It's not, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's a fun time of the year. Once that ends, my mind officially does turn to baseball, though. So, I mean, it's there. Don't get me wrong. But like you said, this has kind of just been an interesting last couple of weeks. So that's why we've been behind it a little bit. But we're getting back on track. Excited to see what happens in a very open race in the UMAC this year. Should be good. And, uh, yeah, excited to see how it plays out. We will definitely get things rolling a little bit more frequently here with the pod and looking forward with what's to come here this upcoming season. Fire up the Oregon, get all the cliches back in the hamper, and get ready to stretch at the ballpark. It is all upon us shortly. Baseball is officially back, and so are we. Looking forward to really hitting this thing hard in the sprint that is to come for the rest of this season in a league that truly is unlike any other.